Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at one 800 364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com Ike Eisenhower State Farm Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998 Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at ikeisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. True confession, today's episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out began as a KVRE radio edition of the podcast and it aired it aired on the first Saturday and Sunday of November. So there's that. Tune in to KVRE if you are in the vicinity. Stream KVRE live anywhere, anywhere on the planet at all. KVRE.com. They are our exclusive media partner. So big shout out to them. Uh, many people who watch or listen to this podcast are seriously considering their options when it comes to making their next move. And this is not an easy thing. I speak from experience. For starters, we are all working to figure things out that maybe we have not had to figure out before. Uh, major decision. And this major decision, especially when it comes to retirement or getting to retirement age, it comes at a time when it may be hard, harder than ever, uh, to make a change, even if that change is a, is a big improvement, uh, which it certainly a move to Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, was a major improvement for us. But there are so many unknowns. You know, experts have long warned us as we get older not to outlive our money. Well, that sounds wise, but the problem is we don't know how long we're going to live, and we have less of an idea especially now in today's world of how how much money is it going to take? You know, we're all likely prone to over or underestimate things like that, depending on how optimistic or how pessimistic we are. So today, let's talk about why retiring to Hot Springs Village might be a smart move. 
My father started collecting Social Security when he turned 70 years old. He turned 100 back in September, and I made a remark to him, you know, you realize you've been collecting Social Security for 30 years. Now, never mind that he worked up until he was in his mid-80s. You know, who could have predicted such a thing? Uh, He will tell you that he couldn't. Now, I'm very thankful, and so is he, but when he started collecting Social Security, he didn't have any way of knowing that he would be able to celebrate a full century on the planet. So retirement. Retirement is a big topic for folks uh, in our age bracket. Uh, When Dennis and I began this online show, Hot Springs Village Inside Out, the first folks that we heard from, the very first people that we heard from were people who were looking for a place to retire. And they were people who had, frankly, the very first people I remember hearing from had never even visited Arkansas before. But they somehow stumbled onto our podcast and got quite intrigued by all the things that we were talking about and the beauty that we were describing. Mostly, the feedback that we got, people were looking for this nice, temperate climate, secure, cost-effective kind of a place in Inner Hot Springs Village. I made it very clear from the get-go that I was in love with the village. I have maintained that love affair to this present hour. That was and still is the driver behind starting this podcast and this online show. I wanted to shine a bright, positive light on this place that I now had fallen in love with. I didn't have any desire to join the handful, and that's all there were, the handful of ninnies who enjoy the social media notoriety of complaining and whining and throwing other people under the bus. I had already discovered long, long before I started our show that these folks were a super, and I do mean a super, minority. In fact, so rare, I will tell you that I have never met any of them in person. I still have not met them in person, and I don't I don't plan to. Dennis and I started getting feedback from our audience. And, of course, as anybody that has listened or watched us knows that we are not reluctant to share our opinions of the good and sometimes the not-so-good aspects of the village. But we, we have always aimed to give people our insights so they could decide for themselves. And we have never shied away from the fact that whatever negatives there may be, and the positives are just, I mean, the, the, the balance is tipped heavily in favor of the village. Mostly we have encouraged and we still encourage people to visit, spend some time, extended time, repeated times, and figure this out for yourselves. Uh, it's a professional habit that I have of helping people figure it out, not by telling people what to do, but by helping them figure out what it is they want to do. And so Dennis and I have stayed true to that part of our program and our interactions with everybody that contacts us. And we try to do it here in the show as well. Now, retirement looks very different for different folks. Uh, For me and for Rhonda, it meant that we were at this magical age. That's, uh, that's one way to put it, I guess. This magical age where we could collect Social Security uh, funds that we've been paying into all of our working lives. For us, retirement does not mean not working. Our work looks different. 
Our work feels different than it did when we were 40 or 50, but we are still focused on providing enough value to others, to the world, to the universe, that it's worth being paid something. Doesn't have anything to do with us needing to uh, finance some lavish lifestyle. It really has more to do with how we want to spend our time. What do we want to do with our time? Who do we want to spend it with? I will tell you as a capitalist, as an unashamed capitalist, I am not opposed to earning a few bucks. A certificates of appreciation, if you please. Almost everybody I know who is retired or approaching retirement is interested in earning some degree of supplemental income. Now, for some people, maybe they want it to come in a real passive way uh, from uh, investments and that sort of thing. I think it may be a sign of our times that people hitting that retirement age are kind of interested in supplemental income. Years in business have made me a little bit of a, okay, they haven't made me a little bit. They've made me a lot of a spreadsheet junkie. Now, I'm hardly this Microsoft Excel expert, but in the early days of computers, and yes, I am that old, uh, I learned that there were two pieces of software that would change my decision-making forever. One of those was spreadsheets, and the other were databases. Now, none of us had heard the term analytics, but we very quickly learned from these big shot, smarty pants, kind of technical folks who were paving the way. We were used to analyzing numbers, but we used handwritten accounting ledgers and calculators that had paper tape so you could review what you had calculated. Hey, we had colored pencils too. Um, some of us, my hands in the air, some of us did adopt computer technology pretty early on and we brought that to our accounting our inventory management and hey point of sale software i had leaned very very hard into the whole enterprise technology solutions in the early 80s i hired custom coders to create a point of sale retail solution that had features i never dreamed i never dreamed we could have those by today's standards that first system back in the early 80s like 1982 i mean it, it looked like two tin cans and a length of string compared to the most modern iphone uh, you should also know that we were beginning to use plain paper faxes well this was a phenomenon because we had been using this thermal paper and filing that stuff away in files only to find out months later that, well, the paper would fade and you ended up with a file folder full of what looked to be blank thermal paper. Enter the plain paper facts. And it's like, wait a minute, we don't have to make photocopies of no. Listen, I told you I was old. So given that background, all of that background, it should not come as any shock to you that I have long relied on technology, including spreadsheets for personal decisions, especially when it comes to trying to calculate the pros and the cons for financial decisions. Sometime back in 2021, I started a spreadsheet in anticipation in an hello, hello mouth, meet brain, in anticipation of selling our house in Texas. Now, this was a house that we'd lived in for over 20 years. 
And this was the same year that this podcast began. We began the podcast in June of 2021. And it was about that time that I just started playing around with the spreadsheet on, okay, if we sold it for this much, how much might we net after commissions and other costs typically associated with selling? And I created a row that calculated what our net profit might be at these various different selling prices. And I was planning, which is what spreadsheets are great for, I was planning for as many possible scenarios as I thought were reasonable. Now, I need to tell you that this was after visiting our real estate agents, which was a, a young couple that we knew, a family that we had gone to church with for years. And so we had a real accurate notion of what our selling expenses would be. And that was vital as I created my first get to Hot Springs Village spreadsheet. If you're looking at coming to Hot Springs Village and making it a place for retirement, create a get to Hot Springs Village spreadsheet. I termed it that way because, well, that was the goal. Now, you may be thinking about it. You may just be investigating it. That's fine. You could, you still need to just be optimistic. Just label it that way. Get to Hot Springs Village spreadsheet. I think this was one of four I would go on to create because I was noodling with stuff, and I was heavily embarked on moving forward to come to Hot Springs Village. So that's the technical context of our journey, but the more personal part of our journey is one that hopefully if I share this with you, it will give you some means to figure this out for yourself. So here's our personal context. My wife and I both are 66 years old. Our birthdays are one month apart. I am older. She's quite pleased about that, I'm sure. In play for us was full retirement age. That is that age where people can collect the maximum amount of their Social Security benefits. Yeah, yeah, you can do like my dad did. You can wait until you're 70 and you can get, you know, you can really max it out. But full retirement age has benefits to the recipients. Um, and you're able to mostly max out what you can collect. So based on our dates of birth, we both reach that magical FRA, full retirement age, at the end of this year, 2023. Uh, it's our second biggest milestone. The first one is when we turned 65, which was a year ago. Well, actually, close to a year and a half ago, because that qualifies us for Medicare, this national health care insurance that's available for folks reaching retirement age. Never mind that I'm not going to retire. Uh, dad loves his work, so why would I stop? And with more, well, with over a year now of Medicare under our experience belt, Ron and I figured, well, okay, navigating the Social Security thing, that how hard can that be? And frankly, we were right. Uh, you can go online to ssa.gov, and you can register. If you don't have an account there, you can access the benefit, your benefit status. Uh, they've got some some nice tools and, and, and killer information that if you're a spreadsheet junkie like me, and if you're trying to calculate this stuff, even listen, even if you're just using a legal pad and a pencil and you're doing pros on one side and cons on the other, that's fine. Do that. But if you are hitting social security 
age and you're curious what those benefits might be, or if you want to start collecting those benefits, you'd, you'd do well to go register at ssa.gov. So the spreadsheet for selling the house, that's in play, and this is deemed you know my plan to get to Hot Springs Village. And it was really useful, super useful, because we were targeting the net proceeds from the sale, and we were going to compute, okay, now what? Now what are we going to do with these funds? Our context is we were mortgage free. So we were preparing what would become uh, our biggest win. Well, okay. Windfall is the only word that comes to mind. It really isn't a windfall because come on, if you got a mortgage and you've paid it out, you've been paying and paying and paying and paying so to put yourself in a position, but it, it was still a windfall. Um, this was not going to be some astronomical amount that was going to put us among the top 1% in the country or even the top 10 to 20% of wealthiest Americans, but it was significant enough that we knew we needed to behave wisely with it. So there were no thoughts for us. There were zero thoughts of, okay, we're going to, we're going to lavish ourselves with the toys that we've always wanted that we've, we've never gotten. You know, I've, I've got some friends and they hit this age and the Harley that, that he's never had, he buys. It's fine. That's what you want to do. It's your money. You can do what you want with it. We were not thinking in those terms. That was not part of the, the goal for us. We're both frugal. Uh, we have never been impulsive or careless with money. And so now certainly wasn't time for us to change those stripes. Um, this is just who we were. This is who we are. This is who we've always been. And it was how we plan to live now that we were old. I have embraced. I, I'm sure we, we've talked about this before. If I haven't, then let me practical minimalism. Uh, for over a year, I, I began to purge to get our house ready to sell. And I described the, my, my, practice of minimal, minimalism as practical uh, because I, I'm not I'm not a guy who's got one plate, one fork, you know, one spoon, one knife kind of a thing. I do have a favorite fork, by the way. Uh, I probably do have a favorite plate, but I, I got more than one. I'm practical in in the approach that it wasn't about just having the bare necessities. Right. I mean, these true minimalist, you go in and it's just, it's everything is pristine. Yeah. Okay. I like tidy. I like clean. I like pristine, but it's like, okay, you go in and there's, here's a room and there's two chairs and a table and a lamp. Okay. You know, not that extreme. I do appreciate it and I don't judge it. It's just not how I wanted to roll. I wanted to be way more practical than that. So for me, I defined it, practical minimalism, as things that I use daily, weekly, monthly, or annually. Annually was important because, well, here we are this time of year. I don't have one on right now because I'm inside, but flannel shirts, flannel shirts. Annual would allow me to keep my flannel shirts even though it was summer and 100 degrees in the shade. No, I don't wear them when it's 100 degrees in the shade, but Lord willing, when the fall or winter rolls back around, I'm going to drag those things out just like I have this beanie, and I'm going to use them. 
So why buy a flannel shirt? Why buy new beanies every, okay, I buy new beanies every year. Why buy new flannel shirts every year? You're going to drag it out and you're going to use it. So the only real exceptions to that methodology for me were sentimental things. Uh, although I could argue that even the sentimental things I will use daily, weekly, monthly, or annually. I mean, for example, you could take my podcasting workspace, which I have dubbed the yellow studio. This is a space that I created. I'm not in it right now because I'm in flux here. Uh, but it's a space that I created back in 2000. The location has changed a few times, but I'm now up to the yellow studio 4.0. The yellow studio 4.0 is inside hot springs village. The yellow studio 3.1, which is where I am currently at the moment is in Texas. Yellow Studio 3. Point whatever will remain in Texas. Yellow Studio 4.0 will be in Arkansas. And in 4.0, I got artwork, I got knickknacks, I got I got stuff. I got cool stuff. I got some cartoon prints. These are things that I look at daily. I look at daily. So these are these are they fit. They fit in that context of practical minimalism because they matter to me. So the spreadsheet that became really important was the one that I was leaning on as we were selling the house, because this was the one that was going to tell me, okay, here's how much you're going to have. Here's what you're going to take away from the sale of your house. And then I began other spreadsheets and I began to calculate other investments. I began to calculate other savings. I began to calculate other income possibilities. I began to calculate expenses. Um, and trying to make these things as re reasonable and as realistic as possible. And even, even fudging not to our favor, but kind of against us. So if I think, okay, the expense is going to be a hundred bucks. Okay. Well, let's make it 110 bucks. If I calculated the income of something to be 2000, okay, we'll calculate it to be 1800. So I was, I was doing it to push against being too optimistic, but I didn't want to be pessimistic either. So within weeks of closing on selling our house in Texas, we made an offer on a new house inside hot springs village was not the plan was not the plan at all. Uh, serendipity happens and we leaned into the serendipity. It was a happy accident, man. Were we thankful for it? We were not looking to purchase a house inside the village, but I will tell you when opportunity knocks, you best answer it. And we answered and we found ourselves closing on a new house in the village just two days after we closed on selling our house in Texas. And while that took a portion, a good portion of the proceeds, it did not take all of it. And I will tell you that it had zero impact on our budget. Okay. Well, almost zero impact. I mean, we went from a house without a mortgage in Texas to another house in Arkansas without a mortgage. So in that regard, it had zero impact. So I got this spreadsheet going and I'm computing all our expenses. I'm computing all of our projected income. Maybe you're doing the same thing. Maybe you're doing that right now. Maybe now because you're hearing me, you're thinking about doing it. You know, spreadsheets provide us this what if scenario. Okay, what if we earn this much? And what if we earn that much? And what if our expenses are this? And what if our expenses are that? What I was doing is I was plugging in real numbers 
based on our current situation, based on real world, what I knew to be true. For example, utilities were based on actual annualized numbers. Ditto for insurance, ditto for groceries, frankly, for everything else. I calculated our current cost averaged for the most current quarter. And in many cases, I went back even more than one quarter. And then I would annualize these things to give me an average monthly amount. And that average monthly amount that got plugged into the spreadsheet for that line item. And I line itemed everything. I didn't leave any, everything, everything from insurance to gasoline, to dining out, to donations, everything. Now, according to SoFi's website, the average cost of living in Texas is $45,114 a year. That is $3,760 a month per person on average. Now, a big chunk of that is housing and utilities. Now, remember, in Texas, we're mortgage-free. But since Texas has this astronomical, criminally high, that's right, I said it, criminally high property tax, uh, you know, when you're paying over $8,000 a year in property tax for a house that you own, yeah, okay. Not Houston, but all of Texas, we have a problem. So... Um, these are big items, right? We've got to take into account all these big items. Why did I just get a thumbs up? Did you just give me a thumbs up? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Whoever you are. Um, nobody's watching this. Okay. Well, you're watching it now, but not while I'm recording. Uh, not owning property in Texas was a huge financial bonus for us. It may be that way for you to not own property wherever you are right now, because maybe it's significantly higher than it will be in Arkansas. For instance, Arkansas versus Texas cost of home ownership in Arkansas, dramatically lower, dramatically lower than it is in Texas. So the national average for a cost of living is about $38,000 a year. The average cost of living in Arkansas is currently just over 33,000. It's a $5,000 swing, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but maybe to you like it is to me, it sounds like a lot and it is a lot. So I encourage you to do the math, do the math and you will be able to calculate what a move to Hot Springs Village might mean to your finances. Now in the past few years, I can tell you that I have met, I've met more folks who have moved to Hot Springs Village from California and Texas and increasingly Floridians than, than any, any other states. Now there's nothing scientific about that. There's nothing statistically valid about that. I just think it represents at least two states in California and Texas that are known for not being the cheapest places on, on the planet to live. Um, Texas used to feel that way and kind of sort of be that way. But even though Texas doesn't have a state income tax, don't be fooled by that. They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna get the money somewhere. And in Texas, they get it with property 
taxes being astronomically high. Now, full disclosure here, and you need to figure this out too, if you're considering retiring Tahoe Springs Village. Uh, We have family. Our tribe is in Dallas-Fort Worth. And so we remain Texas residents because, well, because we live in Texas more than we live in Hot Springs Village. Uh, my business is in Texas. My clients are in Texas. My wife's employer, she's part-time remote worker now, is in Texas. And like I said, most importantly, our tribe is in Texas. And so there's a lot of reasons for us to have a presence in Texas. Our primary residence, based on ownership, not for tax or legal reasons, but for ownership of property, it's only inside the village. We don't own property in Texas, even though we live the majority of our time here. So it's cheaper for us to rent in Texas and to own here in the village. Now, your situation might be very different, but the math still doesn't lie, and hopefully you're going to be able to figure out your situation based on the things that we've discovered as we were trying to figure out our situation. So comparing apples to apples, it was very evident to me. The numbers just started jumping off the page. Uh, For us as a married couple living mortgage-free and living debt-free, life moving to the village represented an annual difference of over $20,000 a year. Frankly, it was closer to $22,000 a year. And by the way, that number is climbing. That gap is growing. And so armed with that number, okay, well, now we could make a pretty easy, smart decision. Now, that's just the math. That's just the math of the decision. But for people our age, $20,000, a year difference in cost of living is not a factor to be ignored. So now, depending on where you are, and who you are and where you're coming from, the probability I would say is very high that your cost of living in Arkansas is going to be lower than wherever you're coming from. No guarantees to that. You need to crunch the numbers. And that's why the spreadsheet exercise can be really important. Numbers don't lie. And then there are those priceless things. There are those things that you just can't put on a spreadsheet, but these are the things that were driving me every time I entered a line item on the spreadsheet there's just all those priceless th- priceless things associated with quality of life. For me and Rhonda, Hot Springs Village provides a serenity and a pace that is just not available in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. The walking, the sense of community, the new people entering our life from places like Nebraska and Iowa and Massachusetts and Florida and even Texas. Uh, the local business owners that we're getting to know, the nature, the trees, the topography that's unlike any place that we've ever lived before because, well, we've never lived in any kind of mountainous area. Our neighborhood, a lake community, the wildlife, I can't spreadsheet any of that. You just can't spreadsheet any of that because it's priceless. But as you're doing your spreadsheet, you got to take it into account. Now, for us, the only real downside to being 66 and living inside the village, and it's not that big of a downside for us, is we're five hours away from our family. But it's only five hours. Now, I know not everybody is facing that kind of a situation. I know that there are people in the village and family is clear across the country. I know other people and their family is much closer 
10 hours, five hours. And so that's why considering a move to Hot Springs Village or any other place for retirement is a very personal individual decision. And nobody can make that decision for you, nor should they, and you shouldn't let them. And it can be hard. It can be hard, even if it's a place that you love, like we love Hot Springs Village. For us, given all the moving parts that make up our life, which is work, family, church, and finances, and not necessarily in that order, living in two places is just the best solution. It gives us the best of both worlds. Early on when I began this podcast, I did a show, I did a commentary on on that documentary about the villages in Florida. You can find it over the website, hsvinsideout.com. The villages in Florida is a really popular retirement uh, destination. I think, if memory serves, I think it's they're up to 150,000 people. Now, I'm sure for some people, I, well, come on, just the popularity of the place proves it. For some people, it clearly is the ideal place to be. It's a golf cart community where people, you know, travel around their golf cart paths. And, and there is such a thing as a traffic jam or rush hour on the golf cart paths. Uh, there's tons of clubs. There's tons of activities. There's tons of golf. Uh, the place is just continues to grow by leaps and bounds. And so that proves that it's appealing to a lot of people. And those folks that want to go there and call that home, I applaud them. I, I salute you. Uh, there is nothing, I repeat, nothing about the villages in Florida that remotely appeals to my wife and me. Uh, a place like that does not check a single box for us. Now, that's us. Maybe that's not you. And you may want to check them out. Uh, but there's the rub. I think there's the rub. Figuring out what we most want. Uh, for me and Rhonda, we're a retired couple. I know single people. I know widowers. I know all kinds of other people who have moved into the village that you're just not in the circumstance that we're in. This is where our individual uniqueness comes into play and where we've got to really, we just got to be in touch with who, who we are and what we are and, and who we want to be and what we want to be and where we want to be. Um, I think that's a big challenge. I think that's a big challenge for some of us. Rhonda and I really didn't, I'm not going to lie to you. We didn't struggle much with that because about three years ago, maybe four now, we're sitting on the back patio of an Airbnb on an, on a hot springs village golf course with some of our favorite Airbnb hosts. And I make this remark to Rhonda and I said, I could spend an awful lot of time here. And just that quick, she said, me too. And that was it. I mean, that was it. We were, we were off and running, conspiring and planning our escape from Dallas Fort Worth. So we could spend more time in hot Springs village for us at that moment. And then moving forward, it became even more clear. Hot Springs village made sense in every possible way for us. The cost of home ownership, much less. Quality of life, much higher. The things that we value most, check, check, check. And I guess it's like most things in life. We get what we put into it. We make of it what we will. You know, reportedly Albert Einstein once said, fish don't climb trees, meaning 
you know, it's best if we know who and what we are. And if you're a fish, then don't try to climb a tree. Um, are we all going to be people that love everything the hot springs village represents and the things that dominate life here in the village? No, no, but for those of us that it checks all these boxes for it, it's, it so checks them ideally. And you will hear this over and over and over again, as you talk to people who spend time here and who live here, um, and who, who love it. And you're going to find way more people who love it than people who don't. Uh, are we people who crave something different? You could, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I want to encourage you as we kind of wrap this up to come and visit, come and visit, spend some time here, spend as much time here as you can spare. And don't just come once. Come over a few times, stay in some different places. For us, I will tell you that it took about four trips coming one week at a time. So we came over and spent a week and then we'd come back, spend after about four times. And that, that meant that we had collectively been here about a month. It took us that long before we even had a clue where we were or what we were looking at because the place is so enormous. And the scope and the scale of this place is so big. Uh, you know, we were smitten the minute we walked in, we drove inside the gates. Uh, but I will tell you that as smitten as we were after the first day, by the end of the fourth week here, yeah, okay, now now it's just a love affair. It, it's, it's beyond smitten. Smitten is great and wonderful at the early stage, but hard to stay smitten. I mean, you either fall out of love or you fall in love. Well, we fell more in love. And I will tell you that big decisions deserve big effort and they deserve the big time to get it right. So let me encourage you, get it right. I have not yet met anybody who regrets coming here. I have met some people who, for various and sundry reasons, they had to leave. They had to leave to get closer to family. And each of them knew that it was the best decision, but the ones that I have talked to that fall into that category, they each hated leaving the village. They just knew that it was in their best interest, given their circumstance in life to do that. And so from me and from Dennis and from all of our podcast community at Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I just got to tell you, man, we, we wish you the very best, whoever you are and wherever you are, in doing whatever calculations you need to do so that you can figure out your path forward. And if it brings you to Hot Springs Village, and I hope it does, even if it's for a visit, please reach out and let us know. And if you end up moving here and you end up being a new resident in Hot Springs Village, then reach out and let us know that you're new here. Uh, and if it takes you somewhere else, if you're scoping all things out, if it takes you somewhere other than the village, you know what? You still win. And that makes all of us benefit because, well, you made a wise choice. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. 
visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.